Studio Five is dark, apart from some very small winking orange lights spaced at regular intervals around the room. After a short while, the overhead lights flicker into life and we can see a collection of seats, each containing a figure that appears to be asleep, and above them, a panel with two lights. Each of the orange lights has a label marked LaveCon, and the other is blue but unlit, and says Studio. There is the sound of a motor spinning up, and when it reaches a steady tone, each of the seated figures jerks once, spasmodically, as their orange light is extinguished, the blue light sputters, and the figures look around the room and stretch as if they're awakening from a long sleep. It's nice to be back. I think I've got a bit dusty while we're away. I must say, it's much easier travelling back from Hollow Lafcon. I do miss waving goodbye to everyone, though. Uh, it looks like I forgot to go to the toilet before we left on Friday. Do you have time to go before we start? Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone, from Studio 5 at Hutton Orbital. Yes, we're back in the usual broadcast booth, and things are ever so slowly returning to normal after last weekend. Say, the cleanup team have done a really good job while we've been away. They've even stopped the squeak on my chair. Oh, we can see out of the windows again. I've no idea what was growing on the inside of them, but it gave everything a distinctly green hue. If it wasn't for that enormous asp right outside the window, we'd have a clear view all the way down to Eden. What is the commander of that asp doing? He appears to be shaking his fist at us and making hand signals. Well, I don't recognise him. But he's got a rather pointy moustache, looks a little haggard, and his cape appears to have had a dreadful accident. I don't know. That doesn't look like galactic sign language. Hang on, I'll translate. It seems to be some form of pirate code. It says, I'd have kept Dunker's rest if it wasn't for you meddling kids. The next hand signal is one I don't recognise, but if I was playing charades... Hang on, Norma, did you see that? I think he's saying two words. First word sounds like chalk. Hmm. Second word sounds like cough. Prof? Dof? Trof? Rukovashnikov? Always adding punctuation. You think that finger means ex exclamation mark? Ah, it's okay. I'm sending a reply. Are you sure that's the sign for Father Mug? I mean, if you were to shake a mug by its handle that hard and fast, it might break. I think he gets the message. And on that note, we'd better catch up with the news. Perfect delivery sent for six as Poppy Pops parcel in post. Perfect pit stops and dastardly doings in the buckyball races. 
pesky privateers grabbed by the fuzz. Our fleet carrier is becoming camera shy. Ballcock cock up or stopcock broken. Brewer leaks confirmed. It's your age ellipse around this one, says Wheel. Bad floats away having overstayed in Dunkers. Losing big trouble for not shouting loud enough last week. And Norma's got a couple of big ones to show us. First, tonight, not all delivery companies are equal, and some are not more equal than others. Over in Colonia, one delivery firm, the Colonia Parcel Union, or CPU, bit off a little more than they could chew when one commander, Poppy, realised that she'd left on the Cloud Atlas and left her diamond back. Back. As everyone knows, a diamond back is a girl's best friend, and anxious not to be seen without it, Flossie asked the local contact at Rattray to wrap it up in brown paper, stick a stamp on it, and send it out as fast as possible to rendezvous with the Atlas, only 500 light-years from her current location. As the rather large parcel didn't fit through the postage slot, it was taken in by CPU on their guaranteed, signed-for delivery service, and being close to Colonia, the fee wasn't exorbitant. The delivery barge duly loaded it up and set off at speed on a same-day delivery. On arrival at the location of the Atlas, Flossie, or Poppy rather, wasn't <laughs> there. Nor was the Atlas. All that was there was a wake and a little beacon saying, Gone to next stop, please forward all mail. Looking down at the motto on the lapel of his very sharply pressed space delivery outfit, the agent read aloud the words, Neither war nor range nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. Or at least that's what they're imagining. With the Atlas having engaged ludicrous speed and having, as the Americans say, gone to plaid, he shifted into some secret delivery boy kind of overdrive in an attempt to catch Poppy up, which was only 3,000 light years further along the route. At which point he obtained Flossie's autograph, grabbed a quick cuppa and looked at the return journey before setting out. Did he charge extra for the additional two and a half thousand light years? Did he even claim for the wear and tear on the delivery barge? Not a sausage. He didn't even chuckle at the destruction on the bridge that was related to Prophet Velen hitting the emergency stop to allow the delivery man to dock. It's a good thing that Velen was wearing his crash helmet at the time. Poppy, of course, was wearing her seatbelt, so the worst that she suffered was the view as Velen shot past her and into the computer console. We'd like to take this opportunity to applaud the delivery team over at the Colonia Parcel Union for their dedication. If only the delivery companies on Sol could be half as diligent, but then again, what do you expect from the Federation? The members of the Buckyball Racing Club, the association started in 3301 by Commander Electric Z, 
whose headquarters are in the Fullerene C60 system, never let the grass, or anything else for that matter, grow under their feet. Well known for running Hutton-esque races that are the stuff of nightmares for the Galactic Insurance Services, with such events as time trials in both ships and SRVs, distance races, flying by and landing at dangerous and beautiful locations, the Buckyballers wouldn't let a little thing like Lavecon being recreated as a Hollow Me only event stop them from having their annual tournament at this unconventional convention. Covering three days of Lavecon, time trials were held over a course that started and ended at a landing pad in Lave Station, and in between involved flying to and landing at Almagro Port, Riort, Diamond Landing, Gurney Slade, Patsayev Base, Hajin Heimach, and Clark Enterprise in Heheng. That does sound something like something Delroy would say. Checks were put in place to ensure that competitors didn't just hide behind an asteroid and sneak out when everyone else was returning, like they used to with cross-country running, and ship identities were checked to ensure there was no cheating, as some pilots switch ships more often than an F1 driver changes their tyres. Professor Pat Pending in the converter ship caused some confusion, and one ship that had running boards added as a ship, clip, ship kit flown by the anti-pirates mob was disqualified for having Tommy guns fitted to its small hard points. The favourite ships over the weekend decked out in an array of colours which would make Major General Noctivegas very happy and Banteuren very confused were Eagles and Imperial Couriers with Viper Mark III then Imperial Eagle. A mining themed ship piloted by the Slag Brothers, Rock and Gravel, attempted to win by making it go faster by hitting it with wooden clubs but were thwarted by the Creepy Coupe which seems to have been piloted by two Tharoids. Several of the pilots went round and round the course many times trying to better their scores, but eventually the winner in a sidewinder was Commander Shea Blackwood, and we totally discount spectator reports that they were sporting a large moustache and that their co-pilot went <laughs> as they shot past their rivals. The other places in the top 10 went to Commanders Darplay to 94, Aiken B, Sgur, Crank Larson, Sulu, Indoro Peira, Bob Dubrovnik, Osric, Ryko, and they have all promised us an interview once their dizziness settles down. Hutton authorities nabbed a number of ne'er-do-wells this week, thanks to a clever new approach to law enforcement. Rather than the traditional method of hunting down the pirates in Vipers, Pythons and Corvettes, risking expensive rebuys, they found an innovative way to get the pirates to come to them. Hutton Security cleverly sent targeted advertising to the inboxes of potential pirate perpetrators, offering deals they just couldn't resist. Half-price eye tests at opticians when iris styes are smiling, and a stock clearance of odd shoes at Elite Feet Shoe Store was all that it took for the reckless reprobates to come flocking onto the parade at Hutton Orbital looking for a bargain. Once inside, they were taken through to a consultation room where they underwent pirate confirmation tests which entailed a quick count of eyes and or legs before being marched out the back door and transported to the Pillar of Fortitude. Hook Hut on the lower rotunda refused to participate, saying that such a scheme would be catastrophic for their business model. 
their ships, meanwhile, have been seized and will be auctioned with all proceeds going to the workers of Cubicle 3 Benevolent Fund and a new pool table for the staff room in the security office. So, if you fancy a cheap adder or an ASP scout already fitted out for combat, get down to Test Tackle's ship chandlers and marine outfitters and put a bid in. All ships are adapted for disabled pilots and come with a free bottle of space rum. Honest. There are rumours that fleet carrier owners might be getting a little sensitive about the damage that's done to their custom paint jobs after a 500 light year jump and are trying to avoid the ribald jeers of street urchins by stopping anyone from getting a good look at them until they've had time for a touch-up or at least time to get their paint repaired. Reports have been coming in that pilots who are calmly awaiting the arrival of a fleet carrier at its destination find themselves unceremoniously thrown from their ship just as the carrier begins to emerge from hyperspace and that, the, the, and that by the time they return to the spot the fleet carrier has completed its exit and looks suspiciously as good as new. <laughs> Unsubstantiated tittle-tattle of the friend of a friend variety has raised the possibility of a new type of limpet used solely for paint job repairs. We here at Hutton Orbital, do not set any great store by such gossip, and we find the notion of a group dedicated to the repairing of paint jobs called the Artwork Chimpanzees, because, of course, all volunteer groups are named after an animal. It's the law, apparently. To be tenuous, at best. Back on board the FTM Cloud Atlas, it appears that the Brewer Corporation's rush to deliver the high volumes of fleet carriers that people appear to want to park in, dro in droves around popular places has come a little unstuck due to a faulty parts scandal. Commanders throughout the galaxy have been reporting that their supplies of tritium slash tritium aren't going quite as far as they'd hoped with reports that either the NPCs boarding have been part of the Dastardly Don's Pirate Brigade, or possible even refugees from Sinbad the Bad's fart, and snaffling or siphling a smidge for themselves every jump, or there was a leak. It turns out that a floppy flange on a dodgy union was the culprit. Rather than spaceborne piracy, it's piracy of the cowboy kind with the supplier admitting that they borrowed one from the same stock as used in Cubicle 3 over at Hutton, which explains the 16 tons that went missing every jump. The offending part has been duly patched with some fast hardening space putty and the remaining jumps have been completed without needing to put out an emergency signal for a refuel only one jump before home. The Pilots' Federation have confirmed that there will be an emergency patch crew setting out next Tuesday to do all uh, to do the rounds of all fleet carriers and stick a proverbial finger in the hole before grabbing the flange and tightening their nuts up from T via VT and onward to FT. If you're not sure what those acronyms mean, we can reveal that the T stands for tight. The other letters will lead to your imagination. In the ongoing saga of the Dark Wheel, 
or at least people who love the Dark Wheel and would like to become a member, please. They'll even go through the initiation ceremony and not complain about the bucket of custard and the flight suit full of jelly. Oh yes, they promise to go for their elite rank in CQC eventually, honest. It appears that not only have they achieved the long for expansion, but gone straight into war with a new faction. With the political arm of the faction having set up station in Enian Wu, they picked a fight with the AG Lips Corporation for the right to stay in the system. One doesn't just pick a fight with the Dark Wheel. Well, not unless they started it first. They're employing known wheel tactics, including propaganda drops, misinformation, diversionary tactics, and of course, denying everything in their attempt to take charge. There are rumors, of course, that the political wing of the wheel don't actually have a plan as to where they're expanding to, but this one will do until we remember appears to be the order of service for the time being. With 54,999 systems left to choose from until they remember where they left their station and which one of them's actually Raxler, at this rate, it will take them until 5421 until they've conquered the galaxy, at which point they might reveal the location after all. There is fantastic news from Colonia. As it appears that Simbad the Bad has had his fingers prized from the prize. And in a surprise move, the 38 have managed to take Dunker's rest off him. With him having converted the factory over at the Biscuity base into an internment camp for people he doesn't like, and having been relishing the wails and screams that echo along the corridors as he wafts the smell of delicious baking to people that haven't touched a cookie in months, it was high time that he was evicted back to his airy fart and some proper people put in their place to run it. With Ed's 38 having come under concerted attack by forces loyal to Sinbad the ever so bad. It was always going to be hard to bring them back to the top, but a crack team of Crumblies were put onto the job, and with the help of many locals, the 38 managed to divert one of Radio Sidewinder's broadcast satellites and hammer it directly into Sinbad's office. He wasn't there at the time, he was busy planning tax rises, cancelling the Hutton TV licence for the over 75s, and issuing planning licenses in return for brown envelopes stuffed with void opals. The effect? The dodgy forged paperwork complete with fake signature from his mum that meant he didn't have to reveal his tax returns for the last 20 years was all burned to a crisp, including his document that meant he was in charge. <laughs> Radio Sidewinder's team managed to take temporary control of the system. The 38 breathed a sigh of relief and are organizing a polite handover of control in a, in a peaceful and socially distant ceremony over the next week. Many a pilot who has a bounty on their head, issued by Mr. The Bad, has now been able to dock at the Dunker's Rest and they've begun placing orders from local fleet carriers for large shipments of flour, butter, sugar, and baking parchment. Meanwhile, 
Mr. The Bad, was seen escaping in his asp, but his location is not currently known. Having taken a beating in a second system in the area in the last week, there are many pilots asking if they can be the next one to lick the spoon. Congratulations to the whole team and to the truckers and paladins who have loaned their assistance to this endeavour. Now, everything's quiet in the bubble, isn't it? No disasters that require our attention. Of course not. But we'd better go and check with Lou, just in case. Now, let me see. Note to self, try not to sound patronising. What did we say last show? It's all gone a bit shit in Stein. That was it, wasn't it? And, a slight paraphrase, but I also said, if we don't increase our influence, there is a risk of getting into a pointless conflict. And I definitely said, grab Stein by the handle and boost the crap out of it. Now, I know a lot of you can see me, but I can't see you. If I could, I'd ask for a show of hands from those who boosted the crap out of Stein, and I don't think I'd see any, would I? What happened? Yes, we got into a pointless conflict. Now, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Currently, we're 3-1 down in the war. Basically, we have to win every day until it stops or we lose the system. If you could all get over to sign and store this shit out, that would be great. Otherwise, I'll tell Alvin, and yes, I will be naming names. Now, there were approximately three commanders working in Colonia, and as you've just heard, they managed to return the biscuit factory to its rightful owner, so I'm sure the thousands of pilots in the bubble can sort this mess out. Speaking of pilots in Colonia, we have an election in tier as usual. The rest of it's fine, so just shout hanky if you want any advice there. Over to Norma. As Flossie is busy preparing for the reading of the final episode of Miss Marbles, she promises to play the tune later, but I'll be talking about it here for her. Well, I'm sorry to report that despite my best efforts on Saturday, I was unable to force the Pilots Federation members that I was keeping under lock and key to produce any community goals or interstellar initiatives. I threatened them with dire consequences. I even promised to boil them up, but they kept pointing to my combat ranking, then unsuccessfully trying to hide their smirk behind their hands. So in the end, I was forced to let them go, but not without a special big hug from Fluffy. So once again, it's down to us, the real pilots of the galaxy, to create our own fun. And to that end, we have two CCCGs this week, both of a trade, supplying fleet carriers. To celebrate 07073306, Lawrence Legion is pleased to announce a pilot-driven CG in the PRISM system. The system's primary export tantalum is depleted and she only needs help to transition to an agrarian economy. Lawrence Legion Fleet Carrier Law Reconciliation LLL-40Z is in orbit above Xion and is facilitating the request for commodities needed to begin the process of transitioning the economy. 
requested commodities are agri medicines, aquaponic systems, crop harvesters, land enrichment systems, water purifiers, and pilots who contribute will be rewarded as 300% galactic average market value for each commodity. The requested quantity per good is set at 3000. And our second CCCG, the Anti-Xeno Initiative, has announced its intention to provide its flagship fleet carrier, the Astros, with an experimental paint designed to hide it from the Thargoids. The carrier is to be a spearhead for Anti-Xeno operations and will act as a safe haven for pilots to restock and repair. To facilitate the completion of this project, the Anti-Xeno Initiative has placed an open order for the following items. 10,000 Thargoid Hearts, 2,500 Meta Alloys, and 250 each of Thargoid Sensors, Thargoid Probes, Thargoid Links, Thargoid Cyclops Tissue Samples, Thargoid Basilisk Tissue Samples, Thargoid Medusa Sipple Tissue Samples, Thargoid Hydra Tissue Samples, Thargoid Technology Samples, Thargoid Biological Matter, and Thargoid Resin. Independent pilots are invited to deliver these items to the Astra's fleet carrier stationed in the Sterop 2 system. Pilots will be compensated upon delivery. The campaign begins on the 29th of June 3306 and will run until the 20th of August 3306. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. Oh, and we're delighted to say that we've seen a little Willie at the orbital. He has finally arrived and photos of him have been circulating courtesy of the Major General, who is quite proud to be sharing his cockpit with his little Willie. After all that news, I think we need a little break. This first tune, and we leave it to you to guess whether there really is a theme and it's of litho-breaking proportions or just enjoy the music, is special to me as it reminds me of what I said to my dear Norma the first time I met her and what I put down her back immediately afterwards. It's I Never Met a Girl Like You Before by The Insects. It's all right, as the man says there. Yeah, it's quite an interesting cover of the old Edwin Collins song. But um, yes, welcome back to Studio 5. We've recovered from LaveCon Live and we're, we're here. I'm joined as usual by our on-week, off-week, haven't got Cal this week, but we've got everybody else radio crew. Uh, we have Commander Flossie. Yeah. Now, I have an important question to ask Commander Flossie. How many arcs did that spacesuit cost, and is it covered in animals? <laughs> or is this an exclusive, you know, Galnet Food Digest, we eat all the fluffy, cute little animals so you don't have to, special? Yeah, yeah. my, um, my uh, animal, animal Crossing uh, T-shirt with all the various characters. Covered in lots of cross animals, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an, an, an angry badger and yeah. 
But and uh, well, and and thank you very much. Nice to have you here again, Flossie. And you you you've got you've you've got some C C C C C C Gs, but um, Norma very nicely covered them for you because, of course, yeah. you're going to be reprising the final episode of Miss Marbles later for us. Yeah, <laughs> the denouement, as they say. And then stepping across the studio, we have Commander Wotherspoon. Good evening. Who's, who's joined us this week? Um, you you had a, a fun and busy weekend last weekend doing things like raffling stuff. And I believe uh, there was a virtual leavecon last weekend. Yes, there was. Yes, and uh, you you tuned in, lent a hand, and, and did your bit. I did. Yes, yes. I, uh, did, I, did you have a highlight? And why was it going to Second Life with Flossie? I don't actually have a Second Life account. <laughs> <gasps> you mean you didn't go and get your badge from Flossie? That's I didn't oh, know. But, but I was very impressed by the ice dice. I think that's, the, that's oh, a yes. brilliant idea. And so, asking D12, does anybody ever use it? We'll have to ask our resident GM in a minute. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. I think I, I what, if you had a pack of that ice dice and you put them in your glass, would they all have a one on top? Yes. Yes. Yes, they would. You, they had, would. You, you, you had fun on Tuesday again this week, rolling ones quite a bit. Um, well, yes. I mean, sort of, if, if, if the opportunity arises and the rules allow it, I roll negative figures. But um, yeah. So, but yes. Rolling two I'd or like three is I'd like to drive across that cornfield, please. Uh, give me a dice roll. That'd be one. Okay, so you've destroyed most of a farmer's field with your little tank. Yes, this is a space game, and we were driving across a cornfield. It was a bit like Theresa May. Tank. Yeah, in yeah. a tank, yes. yes. Yeah. I always thought those ice dice would be brilliant for having time-limited games. Yes. <laughs> this game's going to be finished in 20 minutes. Or, or ah, we just see. Don't read, read the pips anymore, yes. If it was if it was in Stephen Benedetti's house, it would be fine, wouldn't it? Because Oh, you could see how cold it was. He yes, was, was shivering on, on Saturday night, yes. And obviously, yeah. Thank you again to the yeah the frontier team who joined us. Um, I, I think it's it's available up on the Lave Radio Twitch feed, and I have no idea whether we've got an audio snippet or not. Not that we can we can publish um, from last weekend to the the Hutton page. We'll have to ask DJ Normski when we speak to him in a bit, and as to whether we've got a, a sneaky recording somewhere. Yes, I, I I must I must say by the way that um, Dom's hats were brilliant, especially the Cthulhu one that came out last. That was that was. Excellent. Yeah, I, I can't remember that everybody saw them because I, well, it was focus on speaker, so all you could see was us oh. laughing really hard at something. <laughs> see. Um, but if that was the case, then we were laughing at Dom's hats. In fact, the the props generally, I think there were four costume taint changes by Dav Stott at some point. Yes, he was taking he, off a, a layer each time. Yeah, and there were there were <laughs> different kinds of arcs funded glasses. The plastic rimmed and the steel rimmed and the dark glasses and um, and the backgrounds, of course, from Dav's Hope, where he was actually parked at the time. They actually raced back to Dav's Hope so they could get a shot from it. So, um, yeah. And poor Mr. Benedetti and his burnt asp. Burnt asp. And Andy could stop laughing. Yeah. Well, yes. And, and, and the incident with the lack of drain holes in the, uh, in the red oh. lock, Which is why people aren't allowed to look at them in 3D. Because, yes, jetpacks. With your jetpack on, yeah. Yeah, plus VR <laughs> e equals wish you had a drain hole in your Remlock. <laughs> Quite so. Anyway, moving along the studio, we, we have uh, a a rather. Um, you said you were trying not to be patronising Dead Meat GF. I think I managed quite well. 
Yeah. Well, I think the problem was that Hutton <laughs> tuned in on Thursday and there was nobody there, so they didn't listen. And then they didn't remember to tune in on Saturday when we actually told them. They were probably drinking with me and Cecil and yeah. listened but didn't understand. Stein, Stein. But we understand uh, the Baz Bunterbus has made its way to become the Baz Battle Bus. Yes, I And we've deployed, we've unpackaged and deployed the Taran. Which will be a great help in combat zone. Yes, the man that can solo high CZs um, while sleeping at the controls. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you you were there, obviously, for the rest of Virtual LaveCon as well? I was, yes. I, I took a bit of time out to do the run, but apart from that, I was uh, dipping in and out. We, we will mention the runs in a minute. We will come yeah. and quiz you about how everybody did. <sighs> so you better remember a few names this time. They're written down this time. It's great. <laughs> Don't, don't give away the secrets. Away oh, the secrets. I'm I'm not gonna no, not gonna protect myself. They all know how <laughs> stupid I am. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Amelia Hawk. Hey, hey, hey! Now, oh, crikey, Amelia, Dockers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you fully aware of the the, the stream of effluence that <laughs> you you were I, being? Uh, the only prep I got. The only prep I got was she's very, very angry. You have to be a very angry person. And you have to be, you have to speak like you're speaking a guttural tongue and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm not very good at that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yes. I mean, it was, you managed to pull it off with a plomb. I think seamless is one way of describing <laughs> some of it. Uh, you didn't get the giggles halfway through. I Would did. You? It's just I, I I held it back. I tried not to. I muted my mic several times. <laughs> oh right, was there sniggering from the the other half in the background as well at the at the <laughs> expletive? Um, several shocked looks, I think, would be more appropriate. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm assuming that um, Sandrine had context to this and didn't just hear you sitting there in front of a microphone spouting said, these words. I think my exact words to her was, there might be a little bit of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little bit where there isn't any swearing. Is that what you meant? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was jolly good fun to do and well done to Mr Shouty for gluing together something quite so horrifically horrifically um what's the word it, it, i mean it, it was it painted in vivid colors a picture and the vivid colors were probably bright green and bodily fluid colored quite a lot of brown and a lot of <laughs> yes, so <I'm> brown. <laughs> yeah. and then of course we have the palantir you can't Who, keep me away i don't pay any attention to court orders yeah, who's been he's been let out from incarceration after creeping everybody out on Saturday. Yeah, I've had several death threats for uh, for giving people sleepless nights from from my my Roger. Yeah, I mean there are people saying that they they still have the shudders. <laughs> <laughs> but, Come here, um, if you have shudders, hold on yep. to me, dear boy. Oh no, don't start to Somebody gaffer tape him quick. Flossy, pan. You'll stop. Pan now. Oh, you shake. Hold me here, then shake. Go on. God, he's off. Okay. Um, well, mo moving along, we, we also have Norm MC on the decks, and I think he's beaten the bong machine into submission. Hello, Norm. Yes. Hello. How are we doing? Not bad, not bad. Well, we're, we're, we're getting there. <clears throat> Maybe we'll have to do Foley sounds in the future and give uh, Commander Wotherspoon some drums. Okay. That could be anything. Bongos, you, you can you you can play your bongos on live on live on the show, can't you, Commander Wotherspoon? <laughs> Most certainly. 
<laughs> so it's it's I mean aside from aside from virtual LaveCon, it's been a busy busy week. But first up, we do have an important notification that there is an apology, not by the apology officer, but from a certain Lou Snockers. Yes, um, <clears throat> I think I might have more than one apology to any commanders, ships, planets, or stations who were offended by my earlier pronunciation. Did you? Did, well, it wasn't quite a spoonerism so much as an "I'm going to insert extra letters." I'm ignoring it's the kind of slip up. Yeah, made by, I'm ignoring the first slip up. Yeah, by people <laughs> that try and mention Jeremy Hunt's name out loud or um, yes, 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 uh, it, yes. It was more the, the, the stumbles over the lists, which, as we all know, were very hard, and it's the first time I've been dropped one, and that's the time I chose not to look at the script. I mean, we'd starting. love to know how many arcs those particular varieties of spaceships cost. Because there are some commanders that have been hunting for them for years. Well, let's just <laughs> say I haven't got very many arcs left. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and um, oh, Flossie, there was a quick update <clears throat> um, on the Anti-Zeno <clears throat> Initiative CCCCCCG that there's a prize, isn't there? Uh, yes, um, there's a, a decal. A, a, um, a decal? You mean more yeah. paint? <laughs> yes. Um, there is actually... Um, a website uh, linked to the forums and on that website it does give a, a quite a bit more detail and apparently uh, Frontier approached Yang Xeno Initiative and uh, have offered the decal to anyone who contributes towards it. So we've, we've got a whole month to go and I think you have to bring back some Thargoid hearts or something to qualify for your decal. There's all sorts of Thargoid stuff, yeah. Yeah, and if you manage to do it, um, I mean, those of us out in the bubble, there are four weeks, so we've got enough time to mm -hmm. catch the um, catch the special bus back. Yeah. Yeah. Can, 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 I, can I just say the important thing about it is that the goal is to get 10,000 Thargoid hearts by mm -hmm. the 20th of August, which is 300 hearts a day. That's the kind <laughs> of rate they need to be collected. And if, you if you're one of the people who contribute... And if they hit the goal, then everyone who contributed hearts specifically, not any of the other goods, will get oh, a decal. Right. Okay. But right. if they don't hit the 10,000 by the 20th of August, then nobody gets a decal. So that's a lot of hearts. But I, I mean, given that you can engineer your, your type 10 with some improved ammo to one shot the, the simple Thargoids. Allegedly. You could you could probably get ten in an evening if you were a good anti-Zeno commander. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Yep. So we need to get the publicity out so that the more people know about it, the more people can go and help Hackswing. I'm assuming Hackswing will be taking part. So um yeah, we're gonna shout about it loudly. And talking about shouting about things loudly, uh, back to dead meat again. It wasn't so much a shout as a whimper. And then I, a hooray. I think there were quite a few whimpers. Uh, I mean the room was Quite incredible. Uh, everyone completed it with amazing skill, and uh, I mean, <coughs> Commander Overlight, uh, Josh did an excellent 10k for special effects, and then went out and ran a half marathon the next day. Ouch! So he used the 10k as a warm up, pretty much. Yeah, um, but he—I mean—he is very much a sort of a racing whippet, experienced exerciser. Yes, I've not, seen, I've not seen him out since. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has. He's been. He's been. Has anybody been heard from Overlight? Or has he collapsed somewhere on the roof? He's, yeah. he's been out and done a five since. So he's he's still he's alive. 
he's alive. Um, and then, of course, you you did uh, a run in your local area. Yes, I legged it down to the canal because it's flat. Because people like me are sensible. Um, just and then half, half of it, I got a PB for the five k, but not the full ten. But I was just off. But peanut is, butter. Okay. Yes, that was a uh, was close. It was close. Uh, well, congratulations! And then we had um, Commander Morpheus. Commander Morpheus, who um, admits that running he'd, he'd never run this kind of length before i'm not sure he's run that yeah i think um about two weeks before he's he just made it to 5k and uh, not died and then he went out and smashed a 10 for, for the event which is which is again amazing uh commander Dago viking threw 10 kilos in his backpack and that reminds me of climbing a volcano that does yes <laughs> with 18 kilos on my back yeah so Again, mental and supremely impressive. Photographs of him collapsed on the floor afterwards. Where and it wasn't just you know it, it, these were sort of like giant muscly gym weights he stuffed. Yeah, they, in the they, of they his were pack. basically dumbbells that he threw in his backpack. That's just mad. Um, <laughs> uh, Commander Dante Chusuk, is that that's Gareth, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Again, he was mixing the running with. Um, cycling and all sorts of crazy stuff so he did a, a what triathloning or, or duathloning yeah, yeah. his way through it he did his 10k a couple of days early and then the next day he did a did a, a warm-up bike ride then went out and did a duathlon for over an hour um yeah just again incredible feats uh, uh commander monty p again didn't expect to be doing it let alone completing it um, decided for, that he'd throw throw his body on the line instead of his pennies in the pot this time round, and absolutely smashed it, um, which was which is incredible. And also, even star, uh, I think he said he'd run one k before. I mean, he's a very very competent cyclist. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a fit individual, but on a bike normally. Indeed. And, it, and the plan was to go out and do a short run as a token, and then go off and do a long bike ride. <laughs> And he just carried on running. Um, another sensible canal runner. Well done. Um, and yeah, went off and did the full 10K and also went out and did, I think it was 30K on the bike. I'm not sure. Let me double check. Oh, 50K bike. Uh, was it a 50K bike as well, I think? Yeah, 50K bike. 50K See, the original bike, yeah, plan was then to go home and, and, and throw, throw darts with a bow at a target as well. And I understand that Mrs. Evenstar had to tie him down and say, in your exhausted condition, there is no way I'm allowing you to fire dangerous <laughs> weapons in our back garden. Thank you very much. I do not want to find the cat has been kebabbed. So, so our comments about his insanity and her insanity for letting him be so insane have been curbed slightly because she doesn't let him be quite that insane. Well, look, congratulations to everybody. Do you have a total for um, how much was raised so far? I do. Let me double back because I know it's... Yes, one thousand and sixty-nine. Dun, 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 dun. A thousand and sixty-nine pounds. Thousand and sixty-nine pounds. That's without that, that, that's without gift aid. So I was going to uh, say without the gift aid as well. Yeah, so I the government to chuck their little bit in too. Yes, and we had well, a, congratulations two hundred and fifty pound target. So absolutely everybody smashed it, and it was just an honour to be running in such exalted company. All right. Now, a, a, a quick message from somebody saying, forgot to log on. To, I don't understand. We've had an extra body appear in the studio. Mm. We duplicated somebody. <laughs> it's me. Anyway. Um, 
it's me because um, Zoom would cancel after 40 minutes. So. Oh, oh, right. We need to log the studio after 40 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Ah, so we, we have a hollow cow in the studio. Yes, hollow cow is here. Hello, cow is here. Phew, I, I wondered why there was a mysterious ghost wandering through the place. Um, okay, and Amelia, we, we have an event for Saturday, I think. What what have we got? Saturday? Yes. Uh, let me have a quick peek. Um, is that the CQC? Hutton does CQC, yes. Yes, Hutton does CQC, organised by Shoreside Customs. Trying to get our, our ranking up um, on our CQC. Mm. Um, um, I still I still haven't done CQC yet. Um, we shall might I... be free this Saturday. Sorry? We might be free this Saturday, but yes, it, it's a turn up 9pm BST, British summertime. Yes. Might be too much of a rush for you mining people. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Zen Mining. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, do you want me to read out Z this little excerpt? Zen and the Art of Rock Munching. Yeah. Yes, Zen and the Art of Rock Murder. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, so that's uh, by Shoreside Customs at 9pm on all platforms. Now, it isn't so much organised as a turn up and say, who's organising this? What you do is you go into the game at 9pm. Uh, if you want to get onto a chat channel, you go down to the TeamSpeak or you can organise it through your Discord. Um, don't say who's organising anything because if you do, it probably means it's you. What you do is you turn up and say, hi, I'm doing CQC. Would anyone like to join me? If they say yes, great. If they say no, don't worry, but just log on to the CQC. You will see other familiar faces and um, just try and improve your ranking. So I read out a... this little um, thing they've got written on yeah, Facebook. Fire away. It says, calling all truckers. Are you out exploring or mining and need a break? Are you rubbish at combat and want to get better? Are you a total badass and just want to show it? Maybe you just want to have a bit of a laugh. Well... Why not join us for CQC this Saturday? Entry is free to all Hutton truckers. Simply use the phrase for the mug when entering the lobby. We hope to see you all there. Hashtag for the mug. So there you go. Yeah, turn up. If there are four of you, get into a team and do the team deathmatch stuff. If there aren't, then don't. And just go solo and blow everybody up. And um, yeah, have good fun. Don't forget to nab the upgrades for the super weapons. Um, then what have we got? Um, for the following Saturday, Flossie, we've got uh, another, another, another event. Yeah, um, organized by Commander Venetia, Hutton visits the graveyard. We'll be taking an exploration trip to the Anaconda graveyard in HD 76133. The ships are left over from the Distant Stars expedition from 3303. Make sure to have your ship docked at FTM Alvin's Paw the day prior. You'll definitely want an SRV on board. If you plan on exploring on the way back, bring an exploration ship. Just make sure to wait until after we jump away from HD 76133 or you'll be stuck there. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm. This is a place and that was. There is a, there is a Facebook. Um, there is a Facebook link. Yes, this this is link. a place that you could get to, but mm. you couldn't get away from again until fleet carriers were invented. And now, and there are lots of anacondas parked on their noses on the ground yes. and things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The anaconda graveyard. Um, it was um, one 
one of the exploration uh, trips just after Distant Worlds one um, was was this this fabulous one way trip using a neutron star jump to a cluster of stars that you just can't get back from if you're in a normal ship. It was wonderful. I wonder if anyone's been waiting there for fleet carriers for a very very long. Somebody time. did. <laughs> Somebody actually actually waited there and was rescued by the fuel rats on the first the first yeah. day that fleet uh, fleet carriers came out. Yeah. Did did they go there? after fleet carriers were announced or did they go there and just go oh i, I think they'd been there for about six months so outrageous yeah they've been fantastic. there before after they were announced but before you came out that, that that's impressive that, i'd be that's even more impressive of... if someone just went there found they couldn't get back and went well i'll leave that just parked one day maybe i can get out <laughs> that's a lot I of patience i think they did ask a few at the time if it would be possible with a fleet carrier and they said yes yeah. Says, right, mm. I'll wait till about <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm patient. Of course, the first yeah. of that, that kind of rescue where you're actually going on board the fuel rat ship to leave the system. Mm. Is that different from any other kind? Yes. Past? Quite unique. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, and then, then um, I've got another one which we're going to insert that isn't in the running list. We have a special event for Xbox commanders and viewers uh, on the 15th of the month, uh, where we have our very own Commander Rampage, who is going to be taking the new community manager, uh, Arthur, out for a special um, sort of co-streamed event um with team hotbox and i think that they're going out to do some they're taking a fleet carrier out to go and do some guardian ruins driving with the new community manager on the 15th we're going to publish more details on this one so that, anybody that's going to be very interesting because of course that is the day when the next patch goes out <laughs> yeah but the patch is in the morning <laughs> if the community manager, it'll be a bit patch embarrassing if it's not morning. fixed by then <laughs> you've got the stream <laughs> But yeah, so they're, they're um, I think they're, um, yeah, Commander Rampage 737 and the Hotbox team. Um, Commander Rampage is going to be streaming it as well. So I'm, I'm not sure whether it's on a Frontier stream or our stream with um, Arthur told me as a guest. <clears throat> but they're going to a Guardian site looking for blueprints, shoot some skimmers and shenanigans. They're using the FTM Alvin's port to get there. The stream will be lasting for uh, about an hour and it's going to be broadcast on twitch.tv slash rampage 737. Well, he's written 7377, but I don't know if that's... Is that is that actually him with an extra seven on the end? Yes, it is. So, Commander Rampage 7377. So, twitch.tv slash Rampage 7377 is the link on the 15th. So, there's that one. And then... So that's going to be doing the trip before the Alvin's Paul then goes on to the Anaconda Graveyard. Um, and then we have a competition. Mm. Sean? Yeah, it, I spotted this. I was I was looking through the, the forums to see what sort of stuff was coming up. Things have been reasonably quiet. But I spotted this. The Commonwealth Navy Bounty Hunters have a new website. It's dreadnoughtcnv301.com and they're actually as a to commemorate having this new website they're holding a competition starting July 15th all that date again and running for a month they're asking you to submit your best SRV photo only one per commander but the winner will receive a custom embroidered cotton t-shirt made in America 
with your commander name or name of your choice above the wings. Oh, it is a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, the wings, uh, along with the, the dangerous tea they'll be adding in a very special surprise for the winner as well. And I had a look on their website and it looked it looked quite interesting. So Dreadnought, I, I'll, I'll post it, stick this into the... Dreadnought is an N-A-U-G-H-T. Mm. Yes. Dread nothing. There we go. A link has been pasted through to the stream chat from yeah. the Commonwealth Navy Bounty Hunters. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, well, thank you very much for all of those news and goings on in um, the galaxy. Um, so, Commander Deadmeat, good news about the Dunker's Rest, hey? Very good news indeed, yes. Congratulations so, and thanks to everyone who took part. Yeah, it's not quite over yet. So, I mean, as mentioned no. in the news, um, the 38 were having a hard time doing anything with the 38's um, influence because Sinbad the Bad kept stealing all the ships and... and uh, committing crime and arresting everybody and putting them in prison. So um, working together with uh, Hutton and Radio Sidewinder and the Paladins and many other groups, um, we pulled anyway, a bit of a sneaky on him. Really? Yep. And we, we offloaded his uh, the the base he was attacking us at, the, the non-landable one, onto another faction and stuck them into war and then stuck him into war with Radio Sidewinder and they went blah, 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 and ran off with the influence and then caused him to lose the war. And so we're now, or we, I say the 38, are now in first place, but not owning it yet. Radio Sidewinder in second, and they've got the keys and they're going to be handing them over to us in the next few days. Yes. At which point we have a giant selfie and a big party and then all get back on board the FTM Atlas or a nearby fleet carrier to head home and fix whatever mess everybody else has left. Yes. We do need to check whether use of fleet carriers invalidates your uh the your, your biscuit run um or not i think everybody's just going to enjoy taking a break for a few days while the atlas goes through a few nebulas on the way um, yes yes for the for the for those purposes yes the ftm cloud atlas is now back in the bubble it is currently reloading um on fuel um the next run they're doing is going to be the stopping service as opposed to the speed run. So they won't be doing ludicrous speed next time. They're doing mm. a stopping service via a variety of nebulae, including the one that looks like a willy. Oh. <laughs> Apparently. Um, they might be loading up Little Willy to go and look at the big willy. I was going to say, did they say that or did they just say they're taking Little Willy with them? No, no, they, they, they have found one that looks like a Little Willy, <coughs> little willy too. Taking Little Willy out with them, I think that's what they said. Oh, yes. There, there may be a series of <laughs> photographs of Little Willy in front of things. Little Willy, of course, being... <laughs> The, the the puppet, the Muppet that is the little Willie of Big Willie yes. Flanagan. Yes. Anyway, um oh there's Commander Mindwipe who's turned up um over in the stream chat. Hello, Mindwipe. Um the, the orders have all now changed. But that's fine. You can carry on blowing things up. Thank you very much. Um okay. I think that's it for the news that was the news and the other information. Um, are you all warmed up, Flossie? Uh, yes. Because what we're going to do is I'm going to hand over to you and right. then I'm going to hand over to who, who <clears throat> wants to do... Uh, tell you what, let's... Uh, the end of the the show bit, I think that wants to be... No, 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 allocate that to somebody else. So it's you and Sean going to introduce the final part of Miss Marbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, including a competition that I'm sure thousands of people entered, didn't they, Commander Palantir? Well, they can't enter it until 
the end of today's episode. Thousands of people oh, are going yes. to enter it, and if you were using a oh, time yes. machine, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't hang about, get in quickly, I say. Okay, and obviously because it's a CG week, we have to have the CG song. <laughs> so all I'm going to do is I'm going to hand over to that, and then we're going to hand over to Galnet for a bit, and then Buck for a bit, and then uh, you'll hear us after that. It's flashy. It's flashy. It's flashy. It's flashy. And the community goes. Hello, and welcome to the very last part of This Other Eden. The story of Miss Marbles detailing the case of the pilfered porcelain, the taken tankards, cribbed china, missing mugs, stolen stoneware, or purloined pottery. The story so far, for anyone who inexplicably has not listened to the other five thrilling episodes. Miss Marbles, prevented from presenting hut and mugs as prizes due to a theft has chased halfway across the galaxy for clues, only to realise that the miscreant has probably not left the scene of the crime. And so she is on her way back to Hutton Orbital. Well, that was a different journey from last time. I'd managed to obtain passage, which sounds ruder than it was, on a fleet carrier. And not only did I have a chance to read any of my books, but my coffee was still hot when I arrived. Coffee, coffee, that reminded me of something. As I wandered the corridors, sipping my NNR coffee with frothy azure milk and a shot of Duringa's truffle syrup, my mind wandered back, back all the way to when this made up some kind of sense. And after all, a mystery wouldn't be a mystery without a deliberate misdirect in chapter one, would it? The coffee that the floor mopping guy had given me. Was that it on top that I'd mistaken for chocolate and thus assumed as a cappuccino that had led me round the galaxy on a trail that only made sense if I was trying to draw a rude picture on EDSM? I recalled that it was some kind of cereal, and if you've forgotten that, dear reader, you should have paid more attention in episode one. But which, by the kind of coincidence that only occurs when you run into one person you're trying to avoid, or when the writer is desperate to get the end of a story, I smell the odour of bread being baked. Not just any kind of bread, but Russian bread. Of course, the grains had got onto the coffee when floor-mopping guy pulled it out because he had a pocket full of rye. So, if it wasn't a cappuccino, what was it? It had to be an Italian, maybe even a macchiato, and I remembered that it had been cold. I felt so stupid, it was staring me in the face all along. If only I hadn't rushed off at the beginning. Still, no sense crying over chilled milk. I still had to find the mugs. 
I started following the smell of the rye bread, for it's a well-known fact that rye bread is a favourite among pirates, due to the fact that it lasts so long, but can be contaminated with a mould called ergot, which can cause, cause hallucinations. Combine that with gut rot rum that they're fond of, and it's no wonder they're always looking for trouble. As I reached the end of the corridor, I could hear sizzling, and then I encountered the unmistakable smell of frying calamari. As far as I was concerned, that was the end of all doubt. Time to call in the cavalry and confront the mug-appropriating mis miscreant. I stepped into the room, ready to perform a citizen's, senior citizen's arrest. I knew the authorities would take some time to arrive. Ever had your sidewinder attacked in a so-called high-security system? But to my surprise, all I could see was floor-mopping guy. Surely he couldn't be our thief. He turned away, and so I was able to observe him from the shadows. And I noticed that he did not seem to have put on weight recently. And why did he have that silly moustache? Aspetto and unatimo. That wasn't the floor-mopping guy. He was using a phone, talking out loud for a start, his hands constantly gesturing and saying, if he asks for cheese on his fish again, it's a horse's head in the bed for him. This was none other than the legendary head of the Camorra Kalan, the dastardly Don Antonacci. What was he doing here? As he still had his back to me, I crept out and wound my knitting around his knee-length leather boots before standing up and shouting, Don Antonacci, you are under arrest! The silly boy tried to run, tripped over my reverse stockinette, fell headlong and lay there looking at the feet of the system patrolman who just arrived, late to the party as usual. It was the smell of your dinner that gave you away, pirate, I said triumphantly. I'd have, forgot, I'd have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those pesky squids, he replied sadly. Without your mugs to strive for, your hut knights would have lost heart and we pirates would, could have taken our rightful place at the head of the galaxy. Searching the room revealed a cupboard containing one floor-mopping guy, minus his uniform and all of his other clothes as well. I was quite distracted by the sight of his muscles. It looks as though he was hiding several ferrets under a blanket, and his tendons rippled. He turned to face me, and oh my, that reminded me. Where was his long-handled mop? Desperate to look away, I spotted a pile of hutton mugs in the corner, but one or two didn't look completely empty. Flomping guy mimed, sorry. I guess he was in that cupboard for longer than I thought. Still, never mind, they'll wash. The prize-giving at the reconvened fete went off without a hitch, and Beetlejuice won the prize for best watercolour painting of a Thargoid wearing a kilt. As we all knew she would, but I personally doubted that you'd see any Thargoid life in real life in such a large skin do under his kilt, especially if it was cold. The best part of travelling is coming home, so they say, 
and I was very happy to get back to the ex-convent of St. Mary's in Mead's installation. And as my friend offered to make a, me a cup of fusion tea, I heard the Hobo driver shout from the front door just before it closed, I've unloaded all of the luggage. These are Miss Marble's final cases. That was This Other Eden, being the casebook of Miss Marbles and the story of the pilfered porcelain. Miss Marbles was played by Commander Flossie. The narrator was Commander Flossie, and the other parts were played by Commander Flossie. Incidental sounds were made by the Hutton Orbital players and saved for blackmail purposes, and the whole thing was an overblown production for Hutton Orbital Radio. Those of you with Alvin acute hearing will undoubtedly have noticed that the six episodes of This Other Eden contained all 18 titles of the Miss Marple series of books by the grand dame of crime fiction, Agatha Christie, hidden in the story in places that varied from the very obvious to the very desperate. We're offering a reward of a Hutton decal for the first person to identify all 18 references and to tell us where they were hidden. If you've got nothing better to do, why not give the story another listen, as we'll be publishing an omnibus edition on media.forthemug.com shortly. Then when you've discovered them and groaned over the appalling puns and weak setups, then please email itookpartathuttonorbital.com with your answers. Remember, nothing says for the mug more than your very own Hutton decal on your ships and SRVs. Flossy told you what to do. And now it's time for the very serious part of the show. It's something from Galnet. We were trawling for something suitably inspiring before this segment, so we've gone with the theme from World in Action. World in Action thrived on unveiling corruption and highlighting underhand dealings. World in Action came to be seen as hard-hitting investigative journalism at its best, which to Aria sounds just like the news team from Galnet. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke of the Galnet Food Digest. I try the most dangerous foods in the galaxy, so you don't have to. Tonight we're breaking open the celebratory hampers and nibbling on a pair of the rarest luxury goods in the galaxy. Chi Eridani Marine Paste, the gentleman's gentleman relish, and Isuzuku caviar. The first thing I can say after opening both of these over at the Galnet kitchen is that there's a distinctly fishy aroma in the air. Usually nestled amongst mock cheese rounds, real cheese having been declared extinct after the 31st century airborne antibiotic accident killed off all of the galaxy's lactobacillus acidophilus, the original target, was the rather less tasty and more deadly Pasturella pestis. But due to a mix-up in the lab, all cheese got wiped out. And just above a tiny jar of Naritas berries in syrup. Both of them come packaged in the obligatory wicker basket and straw combination that bosses like sending to employees at Christmas. Back to the cause of this pungent aroma. First, the marine plate paste. The recipe for this on Old Earth used anchovies as a base ingredient, but with them eaten to extinction by humanity, 
Centuries passed without a suitable replacement. Step forward, Chi Eridani, with seeds so abundant in life, and particularly one very salty and incredibly savoury little zooplankton, a perfect replacement to have on your blini. Or eaten off a bit of hot buttered crumpet was found. A small number of fishing vessels each year are allowed to land a catch of these tiny creatures. And with the small time slice, when they swarm in in huge blooms and are in their mature stage and therefore edible, the trollers set their nets to catch just about anything from phytoplankton, giving it the fishy taste, to zooplankton, which adds most of the umami of savory base notes, and of course, any passing fish, mammals, Jacques Cousteau wannabes, and the odd kraken. All these are added to the processing plant, which condenses the ingredients into a small number of jars of very fine paste. From there to the table, and from the table to my palate. It's fishy. Really, really fishy. And the salt content is enough to have even the most hardy imperial billionaire reaching for their non-specific sparkling wine. Having washed that down, it's time to try the caviar. Once again, served on small pieces of toasted bread, or on occasion just tucked into with a tiny silver spoon. Isuzuku caviar is actually an earth original. No fakery here. But the reason they're so rare is because the last remaining sturgeon eggs in the galaxy were purchased for an undisclosed sum, rumored to be enough to buy your own fleet carrier, and a new breeding colony was set up in the waters of Isuzuku. The fish thrived. And luckily for anyone hosting a 1970s-style middle-class dinner party, complete with bottles of ancient blue nun, this morsel can now be enjoyed throughout the galaxy. The texture isn't to everyone's taste. If you forget that you're sticking spoonfuls of fish eggs in your mouth, and that it's definitely not about as palatable as runny tapioca, then you can enjoy the flavor. It is worth 9,000 credits a ton at source, or many times that further from a Suzuku. I'm not convinced. Is it something every pilot should try at least once? Yes, they should. This is pain. So you might ask where the danger was this week. My doctor has informed me that after just two days of sampling these, my blood pressure has suffered a dangerous salt hit. There's a suspicion that Chi Eridani blowfish livers might be included in the paste, and my lips have gone even more crinkly than the last time I tried those salt and vinegar chipsticks at the bar. This has been Amelia Hawke, in dire need of some rehydration and a shower to get rid of this smell, reporting for the Golnet Food Digest. We try everything fishy, just in case you don't like it. Has anyone got a mint breath? Keeping with the introductory tunes that we pick for Buck, it's something entertaining. Let this be a lesson to you. There's nothing quite as dangerous as a woman scorned or a Buck crossed. So, time for the Irish ballad, Ricky Tin Tin. 
from the mind of Tom Lehrer. Now you're a trucker All you gotta do is truck that truck When you're a hunting trucker If you can't turn a profit Then you're out of love It's for the mug that we fly all over the space Point to two lights crossed at a hill of a base Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker Here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website Hot. .forthemug.com Almost as pain-free as replacing the siding on your house in hot, hot Texas weather. Nope. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them bullfrogs down by the creek, Commander Bowl of Petunias took the lead this week and jumped 55,324 light years. Commander Millstone Barn had fun with his trigger finger again this week, turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust. He racked up over 50 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don ships. Running missions faster than Vantillon on the way to a paying job, Commander Cecil B. Trumpenden took the lead and tallied up an outstanding 3,309 mission points this week. Truth be told, it's because he couldn't get transport and drink the free gin anymore. So instead, he denigrated himself to actual work to pay full retail his gym this week. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Operation IDA hauled over 92,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy. Commander Christopher Hankey bought a heck of a lot more and we've now learned that all those extra tons are being hoarded on the Hankey Hoarder Fleet Carrier. You need toilet paper? He'll sell it to you at a premium. Driving the Hutton Short Bus this week, Commander Vontaeon delivered 2,193 passengers around the galaxy, offering a free bottle of Centauri Megagen to each one. He made sure not to pick up Cecil, which is why Cecil was busy with missions instead. 
Now, some of y'all thought you could take a shortcut on the old hut and run. Well, that don't sit well with Buck. The hut and run is a time-honored challenge to jump into the system at Alpha Centauri and travel that .22 light year straight out to Hutton Orbit. Much like other race challenges in the past, such as the bandit snowman running 400 cases of Coors beer from Texarkana back to Atlanta, and the cannonball run zooming across the United States from New York City to Los Angeles, you don't get to use shortcuts. What fun would it have been if one of them simply chartered a flight? Nope, ain't no challenge in that. Lacon Spaceways employs only the findings, programmers, and time trackers, though. And those who thought they'd sneak their way into the top echelon have simply disappeared instead. Many thanks especially to Antarius Fusion for his tireless work on the Hutton Helper and keeping the sanctity of the run and all of our other challenges. Thus, for this week, I'll only mention that our fastest run Hutton Orbital is still held by Commander Brett Riverboat in one hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. That time can be beat, but are you willing to do it the honest way and light up the sky? If so, download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy what come with a book of dirty limericks. Speaking of which... There once was a young man from Brighton who thought he'd at last found a titan. He said, Oh, my love, it fits like a glove, said she, but you're not in the writing. And it wouldn't be the same if I didn't pick a tune that cut off suddenly just for our, uh, our resident master of ceremonies. And yes, that was I Love You Because I Have To by a hot... Dogs die in hot cars, because <clears throat> we didn't introduce that one because I couldn't be bothered to write a link for it this week. Um, but we've had a selection of tunes this evening. Thank you very much to Buck Naked. Thank you very much to Amelia and the Galnet Food Digest for the fascinating fishy insight into those two particular rare goods. <laughs> I just hope your salt levels get back down to normal. You know, they, they've got to drop below forum levels before you're allowed to eat anymore. Yeah, no more solid peanuts for me for a while. No, but you were just saying during the during the break there that you've discovered uh, an equally delicious treat that isn't one of the galaxy's rares. We understand it's it's very popular, at least in uh, your house. Peanut butter puffs. Yeah, <laughs> they're yum, yum. so good. If you like peanuts, well, that is. Obviously, available if you're not allergic. retailers with four letters that sell bargain foods and have a little central section with mm-hmm. deep tools in. Yes? Yes. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Okay. Um, well, uh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on everybody else. We've had a few guesses, haven't we? A, a handful. To the theme this week. 
Mm-hmm. So before we reveal whether there was even a theme at all, should we should we uh, wind back and have a look at them? So really, really early on, we had one guess. I think we're going to have to ask uh, Norma. Uh, can you see that one by uh, by Pom? Flossie up at the top. I say Norma because I was looking at Norma's bits. Then. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> I thought Wait, it was Norman. stop looking at Norma's bits. <laughs> yes. uh, up, up at the top, uh, there was one really early guess. Never met a girl like you before. Like the, the no, answer. the guest. Oh, the the, the guest. Oh, we, oh we, the guest. Sorry, sorry. The first guest. My guest is Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Paul, which is a fantastic um, piece of work. But um, yes, the, the the first tune that gave him that one was "Never Met a Girl Like You Before" by the Insects, as he was saying. I I have no idea where that one came from. Maybe it was on the the theme music for the TV broadcast version of it, or something. <laughs> Um, now I'm not going to read out Dead Meat's guess because you know that's mm-hmm. obvious, mm-hmm. and no, it's not those either. <laughs> what other guesses did we have? We, we had a whole pile from the Litho Breaker, I think. We had seven of them, so I'll call out a name. You you guys read them out. So, um, hmm, Amelia, yes. first one. The first one is he says, "Is it virtual LaveCon because we've never met, and um, because it was virtual?" Nope. And. Palantir. Next guest was Thargoids. No, nope. don't think there's any reasoning behind it. Nope. And uh, come out of the spoon. Well, guess number three is: Could it be stations that suffered Thargoid attacks? I've never met a girl like Titan's daughter. <laughs> uh, nope. And how about dead meat? Four was challenges that CM team had to do in a charity stream specifically eating insects uh nope it's not that one and flossy number five is it simply flossy um hang on a second i, I might have to choose if that was the case that i may <laughs> have changed the very last tune we're going to play tonight otherwise i would get panned <laughs> i'm not going to reveal what it is yet but no um on the basis I, we can see the script and we can see the name of the last tune no it's not that for fear of death um, and number six, we'll go with Amelia again. Uh, number six is the radio crew. Once again, I refer you to the previous comment because I don't <laughs> want to be mobbed by all of you. Number seven, you see, having published it, this is what I was originally going to go with. I didn't put it on top of the script. I thought, no, this is too tenuous and there's not many links to it. And um, I don't think anybody will get that one. And somehow Litho Breakers actually managed to read my mind because this is what I was thinking of when I chose the tunes. Um, and so I'm going to have to give Litho Breaker a little bit of credit on this last one. Oh no, there's one from Millstone Barn just come in. Uh, nod from 21 to his wife who had an operation this week. It wasn't Operation Crunch. Yes, lots of lots of love to Mrs. Mrs. 21, Mrs. Van Tien, because um, had to go in yesterday for operations at hospitals and things, and is now recuperating. But all is fine. Thank you, Millstone Barn, for mentioning it. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm going to have to give enormous credit to Litho Breaker because this was the only link that I could come up with. But should we, should we go through the tunes? And I'll explain why they why they link together because um, Litho Breaker said number seven. Is it Lael Wolf? So should we go through the tunes just to double double check? So Flossie, you said the first tune was. Um, the first tune was never met a girl like you before. 
Trust me, insects. Yeah, you haven't ever met anybody like Lael Wolf before. You've seen that photograph? It's terrifying. And the things she says behind your backs. So, yeah, never, never met anybody like her before. Um, then song two, Commander Wotherspoon. Well, song, song number two in Eurovision this year is World in Action by Matt Berry. Because, of course, she is responsible for keeping the entire Hutton world in action by handing out the missions. It was that was the tenuous one. I thought I can't put Lael Wolf's name on it because it's a bit tenuous. And then number three, uh, Amelia, uh, the Irish ballad "Rickety Tin Tin" by Tom Lehrer. Well, if you listen to the lyrics of that one, you can understand this is a lady you do not want to cross. Not unless you want to be chopped in half, weighed down with stones, poisoned with cyanide, <laughs> and generally done in in many many horrible ways. Um, and of course, uh, Dead Meat song four. I love you because I have to. Dogs well, die yeah, because you do have to. Because yes. Alvin tells you you have exactly. to. Exactly. Dogs die in hot cars. Is the uh, the artist? Yes. yes. You have to. Um, and we're going to introduce the the final tune in a minute. But before we go, does anybody? Oh, we have got one important update. That I do Dave, prefer the alternative theme of just songs that Dave likes. He's actually got into the back of my mind the things that I was thinking of when I was trying to. He should be afraid okay. and very ashamed. Yes, he got into my head when I failed to select a theme this week and just put in some tunes I liked. So what it ended up being was tunes that only I like, um, but the original thinking behind it was, I'll see if I can do something for Lael, and then just stopped halfway. Um, so I'm a bit freaked out by Litho Breaker, to be fair. Um, we did have an important message from Commander Prophet Velen at the FTM Cloud Atlas saying, Prua Foe ZNC C1540 and E Phallus, oh, that's a name, uh, QLC C1556 are both willy shaped nebulae. Those are the two <laughs> that he's visiting. Whilst our first stop, the pipe brackets stem sector, QRYRB44, is also pretty close to the snake nebula. So, yes, he, I think he's just looking for rude things. <laughs> Yep, and they're heading to Alpha Centauri now. They're going to remain in place until midnight before beginning their journey to Eel Procol Centauri. Now, so there you go. They're taking the. Interestingly slope. enough, I parked at Alpha Centauri just before I uh, came onto the show. So ho hopefully <laughs> I can get to the ship on time. Uh, well, you've oh. got an hour and 48 minutes to do so. Yes. Oh, I'll have to I, get there as well. I need to find which end of the system is that for. I think, I think Poppy needs to get off if Poppy's on. <laughs> I got off. What? That's the trouble. I'm, I'm at, I've, I've just been moving into um, Shinrata. Uh, so about 12 <laughs> minutes ago, uh, oh, UTC. Hmm. Those, those timings are UTC. So you've actually got an hour and 48 oh, minutes. Oh, right. So it's one o'clock. Right. Right. There we go. And uh, thank you very much, Commander Prophet Velen. Does anybody else have anything to add? And also, um, Amelia, before I go, do you have any particular favourites from the Galnet Kitchen for um, next week? Or Ooh. is it going to be a surprise? I think a surprise would be better, um, but um, I'll go over the list with you. I mean, there are some fantastic ones in there. Um, we could just go with the coffee and more coffee because I think that's what Litho Break has been on is all of the coffee in the galaxy all at once. <laughs> coffee sounds great. I like coffee. We, we can have a coffee tasting session next week. That's because we've got the, the Goman Yalpon coffee and there's... Um, Does that mean I have to go and line up all those bloody cats again? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think there's there's more than one. Motherspoon knows the other coffees. There's that one, and there's um, what are the other coffees? There are three coffees, aren't there? Are there really? Uh, there's not four. That would have been better. I'm hoping there are more. Oh, there's the kitten brand coffee. That's two. I can't remember. Which one have you got already? Goman Yalpon coffee and kitten brand coffee, or are there only two coffees? Any Nar coffee. Oh, and any Nar coffee. There's three. Yeah. And there is a fourth. And what is the fourth? Um, I can't find it. Um, oh, void extract void coffee. Void extract coffee, yes, of course. So we, we have a fourth. You can four coffee, you can four coffee. next week, Amelia. That's right. I'm going to be buzzing next week, Pen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and thank you to Beetle Jude for, yes, um, letting me know that. I didn't spot that while I was looking through, but yes, any Nar and Kitten brand. So yes, we, we're going to be four coffeeing next week during the uh, Galnet Food Digest. Unless, of course, Commander Wotherspoon comes up with something scintillating from the front page. It's unlikely to be any news, I wouldn't have thought. But uh, I, I, I do have plans. Plans? So you, are you rubbing your hands together with glee? Yes, that's right. It is a cunning, cunning plan, in fact. So, so cunning you can cut your teeth on it? Stick no, a tail sharp. on it? It would be a fox? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, or a weasel. We'll, we'll, We'll see, shall we? Right. Um, and on that note, then, uh, I was just going to switch back to the to our script if I hadn't just deleted it. I mean, closed it. Who <laughs> wants to take us take us out into the last tune? And you'll 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 know what the name of it is by the lyrics, unless anybody wants to read it out. Who wants to read this last little bit? I'll read it. And you can introduce the tune or not by name if you want. <laughs> okay. The next tune is dedicated. To no one in particular, but whoever it isn't dedicated to, you know who you are. And we mean it with love, with affection, and with a well-charged beam laser. So we'll see you all next week. And don't forget, the secret password is for the mug. And this is The Space Asshole by Chris Remo. Good night, everyone. For the mug! For the mug! Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Night night.